Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and prioritize yourself, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured, and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Do you have a chronic illness and are overwhelmed with advice or conflicting information? My book, Hope in a Dark Tunnel, gives you actionable steps to create your path back to well-being and positivity, hope and resilience without false promises. Head to www.hopeinadarktunnel.com. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello, this is Bev and today my special guest is Kate Arthi. Welcome to you, Kate. Hi, Bev. Thank you. So, Today we're here, it's the beginning of September, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Mm, Sure. So I live on the Sunshine Coast with my husband. I don't have children yet. We plan to eventually. I've been in the health, working in the health space for over 15 years. I studied exercise science um, at university and worked as a personal trainer, having my own business for four years, and uh, just wanted to help people in a much broader sense, and that has led me down the path to what I do now in the space of personalized health, and uh, my husband and I have a business called Lifestyle Artists, and I predominantly work with um, entrepreneurial-minded women, and Steve works with the guys mainly. We help people, well, I help women, to understand their individual body and therefore live aligned to what their body needs in terms of all these different lifestyle factors, sleep being one of those. So I am passionate about health, my own health, and that about others. Yeah, I don't think I would want to do anything else, really. (laughs) That's great, yeah. We're singing from the same hymn sheet here. Yeah. So, Kate, tell me a little bit about your well-being journey because I know that you recently wrote a blog about it. Yeah. So share your well-being journey with me, please. Sure. So long story short, uh, there's the long version and the condensed version, which is in my blog. But basically through life, you know, we all go through life, even like as a child, life stresses. And then I was a very active child as well doing all the different sports. Um, So my body was under a lot of stress. I can now look back and notice that. A lot of other factors I think came into play, um, being on the contraceptive pill for about five years, being exposed to Epstein-Barr virus. So lots of different things I think contributed to me ultimately ending up with an autoimmune thyroid condition and adrenal fatigue. They were the the main things I had going on. And uh, I didn't understand um, exactly what was wrong with me Um, for quite a while. I was having these fatigue symptoms. I started to not be able to recover from high-intensity training that I'd been used to doing my whole entire life. And so 
it was really quite insidious the way that it came on. And because I do and have always really looked after myself and eaten really well, I don't think the symptoms impacted me as much as they could have. Like I could still function day to day. I was just really tired. My hair was falling out. I started to notice dark circles, you know, just little things that, you, you know, lots of other people experience and you think, well, that's normal, you know. So it wasn't until I got the, the diagnosis that my thyroid was um, super crazy high levels and I had the antibodies to Hashimoto's disease. So that was really um, the point of where I knew to kind of target. And so I did lots of different things, spent lots of time and money and energy um, trying to sort that issue out and you name it, I did it. And uh, I got some good results, but I was probably to where I am now. I used to say I got to about 90%, but where I am now, I'd say I was probably around 80% of the way there to being completely well. And uh, then it wasn't until I discovered what I do now in helping my clients with is this field of epigenetics and personalised health where I really got to understand the pathway of disease for in my individual body. So two people could have this um, autoimmune thyroid condition, but it would be two different disease pathways for different body types. And so understanding how it was operating in my body and therefore the pathway to wellness for my individual body. And so in a matter of um, six months, I was able to dramatically improve in my condition. And I don't know if you can say technically I'm cured or, or what the situation is, but I, my thyroid blood levels are all back to normal. I'm back to training high intensity like I used to and can recover no problem. Um, I don't have the fatigue like I used to. So many of those symptoms, there's a lot more I won't go into. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say now probably, I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm almost 100% well. I'm just getting back my fitness and strength that I'd lost over about four years of not being able to do what I was used to doing. So I think that's where I'm at at the moment. But, um, you know, I really believe everything happens for a reason and it's really allowed me to have that empathy for my clients who are going through, you know, this the chronic health journeys that we've talked about um, and that you've been on as well. Uh, yeah, really understand where people are coming from and understanding that that journey of, uh, exactly what your book talks about that trying to hold that hope as you're going through that journey um, to come out the other side and I had some amazing people around me to help me to do that that's wonderful yeah so good to hear somebody who's being able to look back and see that actually the path may have been windy but You've, you are, you're on the right one now. So that's great. Absolutely. So Kate, what happened for you on this journey that you didn't expect? Mm. Well, I suppose like I, I alluded to, um, when, you're, when you're in a place like that and, you know, you, you, you feel like you're doing all the things that you can do and, you know, some days are harder than others, I had this kind of hope that, you know, find exactly what my body needed 
to be 100% well and healthy and not just like, like substandard health, but like thriving in health that I would wake up feeling energetic in the morning that I could, you know, do everything that I wanted to do with my life because my health was at that level to have those experiences. And so, you know, cause I feel like I'm a very glass half full kind of person and see life that way. So I always kind of had those hopeful visions of that's where I'd really love my health to be. But then, you know, you're in the middle of it and having the beautiful people around you remind you in those tough times of, yes, this is where we're heading. But realistically, I didn't expect to get there. It was more of a wishful, hopeful feeling. And so I guess what I didn't experience was to find what I use with my clients in this genetics platform that was exactly what my hope was, but I never even knew existed out there that we could actually understand an individual's health needs, um, not just this one-size-fits-all approach um, that's, that's regularly out there. So I didn't know about it. And, and probably so that discovery was probably the, the most unexpected thing and how, how well I got so quickly through that path was, was definitely unexpected. So for those people listening who don't know what epigenetics is, can you just give a brief explanation? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we have our genetics and that's our framework of what makes us who we are. And that's unchangeable. That's just going to, that's just how the way it is. Um, Whether you're five years old or 85, your genes are your genes. Um, But what does change is the environment around you. And that's influencing how your genes are responding on a, a day-to-day, minute-to-minute basis. So epi meaning outside of. Um, so it's your genes plus the environment gives us epigenetics. And, you know, I ask people, so we have this, you know, formula, it's your genes plus your environment give you your current state of health. And I ask people, what uh, combination or percentages do you think make up your genes and your environment to give 100% of your current situation? And some people say, oh, 50-50, 60-40, but it's actually only 5% is contributed to from your genes. Yes, it's important and it's your framework and it makes up your natural wiring and why you do the things that you do. But 95% is contributable by your environment and your lifestyle, which is a good thing. It means we have a lot of control over this end result being us right now. So even if you have experienced, you know, I, I have this conversation with my clients a lot where they're worried about particularly women of heading down the same path as their mother, the same health path as their mother in in different ways. And when you really understand the power of epigenetics and how much control you have over this pathway that you're on, um, it doesn't have to be that way. You can have a completely different pathway. We see this, you know, with the breast cancer gene, for example, 
you can have the breast cancer genes and not have breast cancer with depending on your environment and your lifestyle factors. So that's an example of epigenetics. And so in layman's terms is that the environment influences whether that gene is expressed or not or on or off, you know, like a light switch. Correct. So you may have the gene, for example, for um, heart disease, but it doesn't mean you'll get heart disease if you take care of the environment that creates the conditions that for you to get heart disease. Yeah. Correct. And so the, the trickiest part here is, knowing, well, what's the right environment for me and my body so that I can switch the good genes on and turn the bad ones off, basically. Yeah, no, that makes it easy for everyone to understand. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm really interested in is because I did my Earth PH360 profile with you yeah. and we went through the different body types. So what I'm interested in is for those different body types, there's obviously needs of, uh, you know, when to be at rest and when to be at play and those type of things. If we're talking about sleep, for example, um, you know, we've just been talking about genetics. We've got um, three main uh, body types being a mesomorph body type, an ectomorph body type and an endomorph body type. Now, any one of those body types can be entrepreneurial minded, but Uh, the meso and the ectomorphs, so I'm a mesomorph body, these, just to give you a bit of an um, an idea, these body types are generally quite athletic, Um, they've got a high metabolism and they're natural early risers. So they have energy come um, high in the morning and then it slowly peters out through the day. Then we've got the ectomorphs, which are quite similar. They're a lighter frame naturally and um, they are typically quite headstrong. So they're very driven, ambitious, motivated. Um, so they'll, and they don't like being told what to do. So they're not very good employees. So uh, they're, they're generally quite entrepreneurial minded. And both of those, I've just mentioned, the meso and the ecto, they're both early risers and have this high energy in the morning, peters out through the day. And then we have your endomorph body types. And these are people that naturally have a higher body mass and their natural uh, rhythm of their body and energy is that it, because they are not natural night owl. So if you are the type of person that you kind of have more energy in the evenings and you're wide awake in the evenings and your mind is going in the evenings and you don't really want to go to bed that early, you might be this natural night owl type. And therefore, sleep is still really important, as we know, and you still might need those eight hours. And so you need that, um, regardless of of what time you're waking up, you still need those eight hours. So you might be naturally waking up a little bit later and need this slow, steady, stress-free start to the morning. And so this, the energy flow of this body type is that, it will naturally increase energy throughout the day. So it's lower in the morning and it will naturally increase through the day. And so our beautiful endomorphs, as you can kind of see, they are, their, their natural um, rhythm of their body is the least conducive to how society runs. 
right? Where, you know, particularly in corporate as you would have experienced that, you know, you're go, go, go first thing in the morning in the office, nice and early. And, you know, you're this high intensity and then often expected to work late hours at night. Um, and so if that's how corporations in the world are, are working and operating, it's generally how the majority of society is running. So often um, endomorphs are pushing themselves to get up early in the morning and, you know, early bird gets the worm and um, get motivated, get pumped up, get out there. You know, you might be going to a boot camp and, you know, trying to get your exercise in in the morning because you don't have the energy for it later in the day. And you're trying to do this mesomorph and ectomorph rhythm, but really it's not what is how your body is naturally wired and not what it needs and it's just going to be causing it stress. And so you really need this slow, steady, stress-free start to the day. So um, there and and also these mesomorph type bodies can some often have this ectomorph mind so they have this constant struggle between having a driven mind but having a chilled body and so again when you understand your individual body and and can satisfy the best times to use your mind and and satisfy that driven ambition but then understand when you need rest and relaxation and the rhythm that your body needs to move at, you can then um, be not putting your body under so much stress but still be achieving those things that are important to you in your business and your life goals and things like that. Did that answer your question? <laughs> yes, and... What I want to add to that is that if you're listening and thinking, well, I say I'm a night owl, what I want to say to you is that usually it's a story. Usually people who call themselves a night owl need an explanation or a justification for their behavior. So, yes, there might be some people who are more natural to um, go to bed later in the evening. But I think what my concern is based on the people that I work with and the people that I'm interacting with yeah. is that there's this misguided belief that I can work better at night because I haven't been productive during the day. So you're not saying you're off the hook that you aren't ever productive during the day. What you're saying is that there are there's one body type that actually is more naturally the energy arises through the course of the day. Yeah. So if I couple what you your um, sort of system talks to and what I know from ancient Chinese medicine mm. is we still need to be at rest, even if we're not sleeping, from about 9 p.m. at night Absolutely. because of refreshing the endocrine system. Absolutely. So you talked about Hashimoto. So I don't want people to think that, oh, here's my ticket to be working late at night. No, it's not. No. That's not what Kate's saying. What mm -hmm. I'm understanding and what I know from my own work in this area is that whilst you may, so your working day will be slightly different to somebody who is of a different body type. So if you have that slow energy release, you would probably be doing most of your work from about 11 a.m. 
you know, they're on afterwards. Yes. But if you've got a young family, that's not practical either. So, for example, if you, go, if you do then tend to work later, you still need your seven and a half to nine hours of sleep. So are your children going to let you sleep in in the morning? Maybe not. So there, I think there needs to be adaptations. And like you say is know your own body. I think that's like the real thing is get to know your own body. Absolutely. So what are some of the strategies then for an entrepreneur that you suggest regarding their sleep then? Well, if you're naturally an early riser, then you're going to be needing to go to bed, you know, a bit earlier to get your, you know, minimum seven, ideally eight, and then some will need maybe a little bit more um, hours sleep. But for example, I'm an early riser. Um, My ideal window to wake up is between 6 and 7 a.m., So my ideal time to go to bed is to be asleep by 10 p.m. For my individual body as well, my mind is going, going, going. And so I know that if I need to be asleep by 10, that I need to stop thinking, particularly with work or anything really, by at least 9 p.m., in order to wind that process down and wind my body down to be asleep by 10 p.m. I love the analogy you've used before, Bev, and it sticks in my mind all the time is, you know, if you're uh, driving on a highway, you don't expect to stop straight away. You need time to slow down um, in order to come to a stop. I love that. Yes, in in order to be asleep by 10, in order to then wake between 6 and 7 the next day. And then when I'm up, for my particular body type, movement first thing in the morning is ideal for me, whereas other body types, that's not ideal. And so movement generally, and yes, meditation, but for me, movement is a form of meditation. It doesn't necessarily mean to be sitting still and silent and doing nothing for some body types that is just annoying (laughs) they can't do it um but exercise is a form of meditation for the mind so again do what is enjoyable for you don't have to do what you know the the hardcore boot camp thing just because you know that's what (laughs) the next person is doing, but some kind of movement that you enjoy, it might even just be stretching for those ectomorph body types who are really in their head. They're as soon as they're an early riser as well. And as soon as they wake up, they're going to feel a tendency for their mind to start to race straight away. And so for them really having a still mind early in the morning when they first wake up is really important for them before they allow their mind to go off and racing. Um, And so whatever allows them to have that stillness of mind, whether it's meditation or moving meditation or stretching or exercising or whatever it is for them, to have that still mind uh, is great. Mm. So they're the early risers. And then uh, did you want me to talk about the, the later start? Yes, because, you know, we just need, need people to know that it's just not, it's not something you're going to use as your reason why you avoid bed. Yeah, absolutely. And so, 
again, our beautiful endomorphs who are not uh, a little bit different to our um, early risers, like, exactly like you said. Um, even though you might naturally be a night out, again, in the chronobiology is what it's called, is the ideal timings of all these lifestyle factors, which is all coming from your genes. They're called clock genes that um, respond to light and dark cycles. So these beautiful endomorph bodies who are naturally night owls, they still need to be in this alpha state. So if you know the different brainwave states, alpha is in a relaxed state with from around 9 p.m. Uh, any higher brain activity than that example work is, is not really a relaxed state. But it could be something creative like journaling or even a movie that's not stressful. So nothing like an action or a drama that's, if you're really the kind of person like me who gets so involved in movies, you know, make it a light, relaxing thing. But again, we want to be careful of the digital screens late at night. Um, so reading is obviously like a book, not a Kindle, so screens. You're exactly right, Bev, not stimulating the brain through any kind of stimulation so that your body is in this nice alpha state, relaxed state from at least 9 p.m. But you'll naturally maybe stay awake till like 11 p.m. and that's okay. So then obviously eight hours from there, you might not be getting up until seven or even a little bit later. Some, mm -hmm. It's natural for night hours to be up at midnight for some bodies and therefore you're going to, you know, going to sleep in until around eight. And these, these endomorph body types, sometimes they can appear as lazy but that is just the rhythm and flow of their body. I have so many clients who have this um, revelation of that's just the natural flow of their body and they can now let go of that whole I'm lazy because I'm sleeping in um, <laughs> thought yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's, it's not, that's what your body needs. So in terms of strategy, mm. that's, I've talked about the night, but the next morning, really important that these body types have this slow steady stress restart to the day now for some of my mum clients and children are up early and this may not be necessarily possible um and you're you're up early you definitely want to make sure you're going to bed a little bit earlier so you're getting your sufficient sleep in but you might be waking up at 5 or 6 a.m with young ones but still, if you are this endomorph body type, you still need this slow, steady, stress-free start to the day so that uh, the intention needs to be there even if you aren't getting a sleep in. And so adjusting your morning as much as you can to um, incorporate that type of an atmosphere. So some of my mums have beautiful music on in the mornings that relaxes them to keep the household nice and calm they'll do as much as they can the night before so there's less stuff to do in the mornings um, so it's not this hectic rush to get to school or daycare or out the door it's this nice steady stress-free start to the day is what they need and to ease into the day 
Um, so yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Good. So I'm going to quickly summarize that. So <laughs> essentially, all of us need to be at rest in a relaxed state from 9 p.m. Some of us need to be asleep. But if we're not asleep, we need to allow our bodies the time to sleep for that optimal window that gives us the restorative sleep. Yeah. Because in all of these things, like you say, if you've got these changes, you know, your genetics is, is expressing one need, your environment's expressing another. So you don't want to be in conflict for too long. Yeah. Because if you create a sleep deficit over time, that is when things like chronic fatigue and all these other autoimmune disorders start to surface their heads too because your immune system is compromised by lack of sleep. So just be mindful of those Mm -hmm. sort of things. So that was a great conversation, Kate. So tell me, what are your tips for living fabulously? Well, I would say definitely number one and what I'm preaching to people all the time is to understand your individual body and your needs and obviously with what I just discussed seeing that through the lens of personalized health and knowing that you're an individual and it's not this one-size-fits-all approach just is a complete game changer it's like chalk and cheese when you understand your own individual needs so I would say um going on that journey of of understanding and listening to your own body, which is kind of my next point is listen to your body. Um, Again, I was, I was, I've always been very good at listening to my body, even pre this personalized health journey. So now understanding my body through that lens of epigenetics and personalized health, if I'm feeling fatigued, I know I need to move which will give me more energy. So it's this complete opposite perspective of of what I have now when I hear that my body giving me this symptom and and then listening through that lens and that perspective as opposed to before. So listening to your body, um, definitely important. And just a little caveat I'll say there for some people is it comes naturally to some people to listen to their body easily more easily than others so if you struggle at the moment to listen to your body or you don't really know what that is it's okay you you can learn that you'll get there it just comes naturally to some than others Um, but it's definitely important and number three i would say is in the same theme is just to stay in your own lane I did a great, um, had a great yoga teacher once, and it's always stuck with me. This was so many years ago, of just to keep your eyes on your own mat. Don't look left. Don't look right. Just worry about yourself. It sounds selfish. Don't compare yourself to other people. You are unique. There's nobody like you. So particularly when it comes to health, just keep your eyes on you. You'll get better then at listening to your own body rather than the noise of what's going on outside. And, yeah, then you can just stay in your lane um, and, you know, do what you're meant to do and go on that path rather than comparing to other people. Yeah, that's so important, isn't it? Because yeah. that whole comparisonitis 
if I don't feel good enough about myself, then I do silly things <laughs> like yeah. eat comfort, eat or do, you know, overstress my body with exercise when it's not really what my body needs. So yeah, good, good sound guidance there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with me today, Kate. That was a great conversation. And remember everybody, you don't have a free ticket to avoid going to bed. We're still saying that you need to get to bed. What we do want you to do is, though, just pay attention to what your needs are. Absolutely. Thanks, Bev. Thank you so much for listening. And you can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website, www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Have you heard about Sleep Timber? It's a month to focus on restorative sleep and it's a month packed with so much goodness for you. What will it take for you to take care of yourself? Head to www.sleeptember.com.au to find out about the free events and sign up to join a movement of sleep lovers. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.